Peloton is gifting you their best offer of the season. Get up to $600 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that is right for you with accessories ranging from cycling shoes to non-slip grip dumbbells and more. Whether you have 10 minutes to spare for a strength class or 30 minutes for a running or cycling class, there's a workout that works for you with music that is truly iconic. So don't miss out on Peloton's best offer of the season. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 6, 2022. Excludes bike, bike plus, and tread basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. From the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, July 12th, 2019, and it's the Relevant Podcast. It's a special one today. Uh, here with me in Orlando studios on the ones and twos, our illustrious engineer, my brother Chandler Strain. Hello. Uh, also, sitting to my right, about five feet from me, here in Orlando, in our studios, live, in person, propaganda. West, West, but I'm here. Dude, it's going to be fun. <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And joining us all the way from Los Angeles, California, Bianca Oltoff. So excited to be here, guys. And I'm going to represent the best coast because prop maybe on the East Coast, but I'm still going to hold it down for the best hold coast. Hold it down. Hey, hold me all day, every day, always West West. You know what I'm saying? B- B- Bianca, I feel like, well, I feel like we really have to give you credit for, you know, we were very excited. We've been talking about it for like weeks now. Bianca's coming back on the July 12th show. We were so excited. And then this morning we get a call. That your home has lost power. It is apocalyptic <laughs> over there, and you race across Literally. town, and now you appear to be on the floor of somebody's closet at this point. And the power <laughs> just went out here, too. Oh, so, no. Yo. I mean, it's all sorts of crazy on the West Coast. I mean, earthquakes last week, power yeah. outages this week. It's been crazy. Kawhi I'm Leonard. holding it down still as the it's, best coast, though. <laughs> do not bring up Kawhi Leonard. I'm still triggered. <laughs> that is the most Inland Empire thing to do. That? I'm so sad. <laughs> we have a great show in store for you today. This might be the most diverse show we have ever done pues. in, in yes. 14 years of the Relevant Podcast. We have a lot of representation and coming up later, adding to the diverse mix, we got the redneck down. David Crowder's joining us. <laughs> I think he's okay with that. I think David he's Crowder. Okay. Hey, hey, he's doubled down on it. He's got the beard. He does the hillbilly hat. He's, I mean, he's, he does yeah. hillbilly rock now. He, he knows does, his man. Lane. And I've, I've noticed one of the markers that, you know, like the level of hillbilliness is the amount of guitars on stage. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> it's, there's a freakish Great amount of yep. guitars on stage with this guy. Yeah. And broken in boots. And like, I think there's like a dog taking a nap on most of his sets. <laughs> oh, yeah, just a golden retriever just he hanging just out. Created yeah. a porch. The Blood whole house. show. That's true. It is. is on a porch. It's true. Load yes. all the gear back there. Yeah, that's right. His entire <laughs> stage set literally is it's like a porch. a porch from like you know the Outback or something. I don't know. The anyway, um, David Crowder's uh, on. He has a new song out uh, with Social Club Misfits and Mandisa. Again, keeping the diversity going. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. This is the beautiful spectrum of the body of Christ here today on the Realm Podcast. It just makes everybody. it better. It makes That's it better. Right. <laughs> it is much better I'm sorry. <laughs> Prob- why, why are you here in Orlando? I am here in Orlando to uh, enjoy the plantains. No, um, I'm here. I was speaking at a conference down the road and 
they had me do a ton of things. So I ended up having like a ton of downtime. So it's true. I was like, yo, what's the word? He what came, y'all doing? He came through. We just recorded an episode of unedited. Just mm-hmm. talked for the last hour. We solved Jesse. It's good news. We solved racial inequality in America in the last hour. So oh, that's incredible. good. That's wait good. a minute. Wait a minute. If there's no tears, it's not real because you make so many people cry. Thank you. Oh, I mean, yeah. did that's, prop cry? There was that's a moment. I almost prop cried. recently, What's recently Ethiopia? went to Ethiopia and there was a moment he had to pause for a second. I did have to take a second. <laughs> Almost. I explained Almost. to them, hey, look, B, I explained to them the difference between like Boyle Heights, Huntington Park, East LA, yeah. and then that like, you know, you know, Silver Lake and Echo Park used to be Latino, right? Like I was like explaining yeah. that like these were Latino hoods. <laughs> we, uh, yes. what I've learned though, what I've learned is my lane for this podcast is talking to people who have achieved success and they're at this moment in their career where it's like they start saying is this what i want to do for the rest of my life yeah is there anything more and it's Absolutely. like a, it's like a mid-career crisis Mid-li- yeah. almost, not mid-life crisis but mid-career this is what i'm figuring out my lane is is <laughs> me taking these successful people and making them cry about their own insecurities <laughs> and don't know what, what God's going to do in their life next. And all well, stuff. Well, Bianca, here's what a lot of people don't know is that before each episode of Unedited, I yep. get on and warm them up just to get them sad a little. And I'm just like, hey, Prof, <laughs> thanks for joining us today. Let me check your levels real quick. Why are we doing that? I'm just going to say some things in your ears. Orphan puppies. Yeah. Global <laughs> warming. That sea turtle with a straw stuck up its nose. The end of Armageddon when Bruce Willis dies in the asteroid. Are you hearing this okay? I just chested levels hey, here. I don't hey, mean prop. to get you I don't upset. know if you know this, but in 30 years, we're going to be out of fresh water. Check, check, yeah, check. So, yeah, one, two, one, two. What kind of world are we giving to our children? One, four, five. Man, Bambi's mother. Never stop thinking about that. Okay, we're good, Chandler. Let's roll. Yeah. <laughs> My first question to him was, probably did you see in the news this morning that there's a glacier the size of Florida about to collapse and change sea levels yeah, permanently and, the first question. and our environment will never be the same. So how are you doing, buddy? Yeah, man. That was how we started the show. Yeah, so 7.1 earthquake. Is this it? Is it? Is California's breaking off? You done? Yeah. Just, you guys float away. Just float Bianca, away. I, I have a question for you real quick before we jump in. I saw on Twitter that you were recent. Was that recently that you were recording the audio book? Uh, uh, for yes. your upcoming book release. So, so. I did it. It's done. So Bianca oh, has a new book. Bianca. You can pre-order it now. The new book is How to Have Your Life Not Suck. Now, Chandler, you might have you might have to bleep that word because we've got the clean <laughs> rating in the iTunes store. <laughs> right. How to Have Your Life Not Suck, Becoming Today, Who You Want to Be Tomorrow. And he, that is primed for an unedited where somebody's going to cry. You won't even know what's going to come your way because I will not shed a tear. Cameron, I, I, I'd like to make Hardcore. a wager. Hey, a wager on that. I gang this bang. feels like gang bang. On, this feels like a challenge. Hey, at the end of that, you have to be like Montevideo. You have this, to like shout your hood at the end of that. This, this feels down. like yep. a challenge that I will accept. You say you will not cry. I can make you cry. I was out on the boat the other day with a friend and we were tubing. Okay. And my friend says to me, you can't get me off this tube. Like, <laughs> like, like a challenge to my face. Yeah. And I said, challenge accepted i'm sorry what and i yeah. didn't and i didn't go full throttle like of fly off whatever because he's primed for that yeah so yeah. what i did was i slowly circled the tube Ooh. wound him up like a yo-yo ever so slowly looking him dead in the eye as i was doing it and then full throttle that thing went he shot 20 feet <laughs> up in the air came down cracked the rib i'm oh, telling wait. you bianca 
I will metaphorically crack your emotional rib. I was like, this, this, that, that would, that took a sharp left. Cause like, you, you, you might have punctured a lung, homie. Like, listen, hey. listen, Bianca, I, we will get, you and I will get on right before we record to test some levels. Right. And I'll tell you about this bird's nest that I saw fall Four right in the tree. And I need to tell someone because why did it have to happen? The mom just went out to get some worms or something. So. <laughs> almost laughing or crying Bianca, i had to look at you to hey, see if you was really crying bianca tell us about the book how to have your life not suck you just did the audio book people can pre-order yeah. your book now it's coming out next month so uh. tell us about it okay so first of all y'all are so kind because i was not expecting this at all but um literally this is this is a book that i probably lived through in its fullness 20 uh, about when i was 25 so about 10 years ago and this is the book that i wish i would have had Mm. um i was in a super lonely season i didn't have a mentor i didn't feel like there was people in my life that had gone through similar things it was like think about this it was like the downfall of the recession 2007 i had to move back home Uh, my mom was dealing with a terminal illness brain cancer I had ended uh, a broken relationship after three years with a man I affectionately referred to as Satan. And it just felt like my whole life was a mess. But I didn't feel comfortable in having that conversation because everyone at that age is like getting married and having kids. And I'm moving back home totally single and jobless. So um, I met these two women, Ruth and Naomi, out of the book of Ruth in the Old Testament. And I looked at their life completely suck. And yet what you think is the end could actually be the beginning. And what does it look like to rebuild your life with a sense of hope? Cause you Stop. never know what fields you're going to end up in and how your life is going to change. And um, my hope is that this book will be a playbook for those in their twenties, early thirties, experiencing a failure to launch or a primer for the older generation to understand what their daughters or their nieces or their coworkers are going through. Cause it's a different season. So um, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm super stoked. And the fact that let me do the audiobook makes me excited because what they don't know is that I'm going to bust out my Yiddish accent for <laughs> Naomi because she's a bitter old hag, right? And you have yeah, to like yeah. put some 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 flavor, some sabor in there, yeah, as yeah, Pop yeah. would understand. And then what people think that Ruth is like this docile, like sweet, like where you go, I will go. Y'all, she was from Moab. She was like Cardi B, okay? So <laughs> she was like, where you go, I will go. Oh, like, she seriously <laughs> laid it down. Uh-uh, uh-uh. And the people don't realize that she basically laid at the feet of Boaz, not to give her body, but to give her mind and say, yo, boo me up. When she says, put your corner of your garment over me, that's it. That is a Hebrew idiom for marry me. Yeah. She had a DTR with a brother. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And I feel like we just need to start equipping the next generation. Have the hard conversations. It's time to grow that. Oh, wait, can we say shoot? (laughs) (laughs) You better preach, girl. The clean rating is gone because of me, y'all. Sorry. Um, It's time to grow up and have some hard conversations. So I'm I'm excited. Yeah, you ask yours, then I got one for her. Why did you date Satan for three years? Why did it take so long? Um, Okay, listen, if people break up, it's because the relationship is broken. And I went back like a dog to my vomit thinking, I'm going to fix it this time, or he's changed. Or Girl. I've changed. And the truth is, that's a really tall order to expect someone to change. If you guys break up, the relationship's broken. Time to let it go. And um, to be honest with you, I think it was a lot of things. You know, he was in a band. He was a musician. He was traveling. He felt cool. And I didn't feel cool. And I felt like maybe if I attached myself to him, it would bring some sort of validation. Mm. Or I would 
be able to come alongside and support. And mm. I've ne- that's never been me. I was, I was looking at something to define me rather than just being okay with me defining me. So I went back to that relationship and it should have been done. I'm so grateful. Yeah, girl, I'm you're a main so stager. grateful I was there. Like, y'all, I dodged the bullet. Well, I, I two quick things I want to add to that is one, it's funny you bring up a dog returning to his vomit because I was just thinking about a dog with a stomach flu and <laughs> get really upset about it. Just really emotional. Not going to cry. You, Not going to cry. You mentioned that you did the uh, one of the voices in the book, like as is like in character. Like, I, here's my ah. request for you: Does this satanic boyfriend have any quotes in the book? And if he does, can I volunteer to voice Satan in the book? I promise <laughs> I'll do a good job. I promise. I will give you that role. Unfortunately, I <laughs> don't want to give this cat any more credence than he deserves. Ooh, He's ooh, already taking too much real estate in my heart, and it's done. <laughs> Foreclosed on that house. Moving on up. Hey, does he know he in the book? I don't know, and I'm not too sure. <laughs> I mean, is he? I mean, is he? Is he even? Does he even know how like bossed up you are now? That's the better question. Uh, I don't know. I have no clue. Good I really for you. don't. Good like, for you. I, I joke and call him Satan and stuff, but I, I mean, I have no. I, literally, I have no ill will to him. I I hope he is doing so well. Like legit. Yeah. I feel like it was such a good God closed door that yeah, I don't want to yeah. go. I, I, we don't need, I don't need yeah, to go and back. Why would, to you, but, but, why would you have any tabs yeah. on him anyway? Yeah. yeah. But, but, but yeah. real talk, but real yeah. talk in all seriousness, he's the literal devil. He is the worst. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> that's, I, I'm curious about that. Yeah. So you're now on the other side, three years, is a long time, you know, trying to make it work or whatever, but yeah. you're on the other side of it now. Yeah. You're looking back and going, he was Satan, but in the midst of it, how did you not see it or did you see it, but you didn't have the confidence to leave? Okay. Um, there was all these signs, but okay. So there's this one chapter in the book that I call that I wanted to entitle stupid girl. My editor felt like it was a little bit harsh and we don't want to, you know, offend people too much. So, um, we ended up cutting that chapter and I think it's going to be something that I just fold into like a conversation or a podcast or just something because not to be disparaging against women, I am not being disparaging, but I think sometimes we are prone as women to play the stupid girl role because we want intimacy and we want to be chosen and we want to be seen. And so we will allow stupid decisions and stupid treatment because we're being stupid in that moment. Hmm. And, um, I, I, maybe I saw it and maybe I didn't care. And that's a hard reality to admit. When did you realize that about you? Was it, Um, was it like in the relationship or was it like years later? You know, there was rumors. Um, they were recording some music out in Nashville, and there were some rumors that he got real cozy with a girl from a band out there. Mm. And like, literally, you know if someone's cheated on you. You just you know it. Like your gut, your intuition, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to you know label that as, you know. And I knew, and I stayed. And I, you know what the sad part is, is like I I kind of hinted at like, hey, you know, I kind of see this going on like, what's the word but i never had a full grown-up i'm a woman let's have a grown-up conversation mm. did you mm. cheat on me yeah and what does cheating mean to you because it may be physical it may be emotional it may be sexual i don't know but did did you engage in that? i didn't i didn't have the Yo, courage that that, that question is like the one that like i'm i'm glad you brought that up to be like what do you mean by cheating you know because mm. i found that that's how a lot of times people like kind of weasel out of situations 100%. number one and number two i feel like when you're um, a lot of times lying to yourself that like, yo, this ain't cheating. Like I'm good. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, but like you said, like in the guttural part of you is like, nah, 
I know what I'm doing. That, you know that what I'm actually saying? came up on a very special episode of King of Queens I saw on syndication this <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. I, the, the, the life lessons, yeah. they... And actually, I will say this, I cried. Now, yes. <laughs> beforehand, I saw a box of kittens that was for sale on the side of the road and just got a little misty. I just splitting those little guys up. But wow, what an episode, Cameron. I agree. I agree. And yeah. also, I want to let you guys know I've adopted 12 kittens. I couldn't bear to see them apart. They're taking over my house. They're wild. They're horrible. You want to talk about the literal devil. Each one of these cats is saints. Yeah. I made a huge yeah. mistake. I've got to get them out of my house. They're driving me crazy. It's terrible. It's so I, you can see why they were left on the side of the road in a box that said free kittens. It's they're Because they're, ter- they're, they're terrible awful. creatures. Literal devil. Yeah. Stupid boy right here. Pick up a bunch of cats. When I was five, my best friend was my my dog Caesar, and um, I remember one day I was taking a nap uh, one afternoon, and Caesar came to the doorway of my bedroom, and he he was sick. He threw up right in my doorway, and he and he laid down and died. Oh, dang man, literally died in front my, of me. Yo, my first, it's hard my to first love, pet. Man. Is this a real story. Yeah, yeah that's how my story. first pet died. Cameron, right that's almost as bedroom. tragic as my first okay, pet, stop, which was. You guys, you guys no. are trying to make me cry, no, and no, I no. have my dog. No, here's the thing. Oh, I'm oh, trying oh. to add pivot into promoting my own stuff right now. Uh, it's hard to love, dog. <laughs> yeah, okay, let me tell you. I, I had another pet. I had another pet. This is true. I had asked my parents for uh, a, a pet rabbit for years. I was eight years old. And finally they gave him and they said, okay. And so we got the little lop-eared bunny and had a little cage for it. And we had him on the back porch, right? On cinder blocks and screened in porch. And my dad was like, hey, I want to put this out in the yard. I don't want him on the back porch. And we just got him. I was like, please, you know, okay. So we put him out there and I come home the next day and he's got a little drop of yarn in his blood. And I was like, dad, I, can we move him back into the porch? I think like, I don't know what it is, but something mm-hmm. out there he's exposed and something's wrong with, with floppy. And he's like, no, Wait, we're keeping him out floppy? there. Yeah, floppy or oh rabbit. Oh my gosh, be and, more uh, creative than that. Anyway, go on. And, he, and he's out there. Next day I come home, see my new bunny. I'm really excited. And I kind of turn the corner and I see fur all over the ground. Oh no. And I'm like, what in the world? And I turn the corner and there in the cage, there's blood and fur everywhere. Floppy had been eaten alive, skinned alive. He was still in the cage, but his skin was oh. ripped off of his body. Oh. And I came home. Oh, that's and what terrible. had happened was the neighbor's wiener dog had gone under the fence and mm-hmm. came up and was nipping you at him. Yes, it's and true. And pulling, I'm pulling holding his my skin dog in my yeah. hands. Yeah. Skin Dying off of him. Right now. And I knew the day before something was wrong with floppy and my dad refused to listen to me. Yeah. That severed our relationship. We didn't, I mean, I never trusted him again. Yeah. Honestly, my dad and I had a bad relationship day. because my dad essentially killed, killed my bunny. There's this place called onsite. And we can work through those issues, okay? <laughs> yeah, Alma was a vegetarian for about 10 years because when she lived in Mexico, she had a pet rabbit. And then for their birthday, for her birthday, her grandma cooked it and they oh. ate it. And she was like, I can't believe that just oh, happened. Oh, guys, I got I the worst. Die. I got the worst one yeah. of all. Yeah. When like, I was I a kid, my, my first rabbit. pet was a little turtle, cute little guy. Yeah, I named him Michelangelo. Nice. And I won't <laughs> say how he passed away, but I will say this. Yeah. Guys, it turns out turtles are connected to their shells. And no matter how hard you try, you can't get them out. And <gasps> oh, what have I done? What have I done? Um, poor Michael. <laughs> oh my God. I didn't realize. I, I thought, thought this was going to be a Ninja Turtles joke. It was just, I thought he that turned could come super out. dark. You so, tried to pull I mean, we've all, had, we've all had bad things happen. Stupid boy, right here. Right here. Stupid boy. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that. We need need a break. Clean break. All right, here we go. (laughs) Clean break. Stay tuned. Up next, the hot list is coming.
You're listening to Georgia Smith. Song is love. It's the goodbyes reprise, the conductor remix. At the beginning of the podcast, we came in hot. That song sounds like it was ACDC. It was not. It was Ed Sheeran, Chris Stapleton, and Bruno Mars with the song Blow. Whoa. All right. Okay, it is time for... It's the hottest, the hottest. Mm. It's sizzling. Sizzling, much like the uncovered skin of my rabbit out in the exposed afternoon oh, sun in are we Florida going back there? as it was dying and in, in shock waiting for me to come home and the wiener dog was sitting there triumphantly so sad well oh, hey so sad. I, bet, I bet you guys didn't know that turtles can scream and it sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> it'll haunt okay. your dreams okay. even for as an the, adult for the, for the listeners Jesse's joking I'm not. Idea. That did not yeah. happen. It was too funny not to say. I, it was too funny not to one-up these stories in an absurd, terrible way. So I took the bait. I took Before you report this to Oh, me. man. Okay, coming in. Number five this week on the hot list. Okay, there's an update. We've been talking about this for a while. Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston have been posting cryptic things on social media, and everybody, including us, took the bait and said it means a Breaking Bad movie is coming. Guess what? They were toying with us. So oh. yeah, they've been ma- they've been doing these like matching images on social media, saying coming soon or even sooner, and it w- we were all sure it meant Breaking Bad was coming back. Instead, the duo revealed that they're actually launching a brand of mascal liquor called <laughs> Dos Hombres. Uh, so the reaction from fans was it's basically Dos Hombres. Dos Hombres. Oh, I'm good. That's yeah. that seems problematic to me. That yeah. uh, Brian Cranston and and. Uh, to to the whitest that. people. First of all, yeah. first yeah. of all, you got a series about drug dealing. Yeah. And y'all the heroes in it. And it's starring <laughs> white people. Mm-hmm. And, and But you get to be the good guys. And now you, and now you make it my scout. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like if they're going to do that, they should have like blue vodka or something. At least something that ties back to the show. Like they're, yeah. you know, like they're meth or something. But, you know. They went another route, so there we are. <laughs> they Dang, a tie route. back to meth is... <laughs> woo! You're on a roll, Jesse. Okay, but the good <laughs> news is that the Breaking Bad movie from writer-director Vince Gilligan is actually reportedly still in the works, but it's unclear if Cranston is going to actually appear in it, because as you know, in the finale, spoiler alert, he's not with us any longer. He's, he's, so, he's yeah. deader than that poor, poor turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. He's, he's deader than the wiener dog's prey. Steve Harvey coming in number four this week. Steve Harvey pulled a real life Scott's tots and gave scholarships to eight incoming Kent state students this week. Mm -hmm. The comedian and host of the daytime talk show. Steve is a former Kent state student himself. His organization, the Steve and Marjorie Harvey foundation partnered with the school and a group called the Male Empowerment Network to provide the group of eight men of color with full scholarships and to support them throughout their academic career. Uh, while awarding the students with the scholarships, Harvey explained why God wanted them each to succeed. Here is a clip. I'm really overjoyed at this point, man. Like, this is really, really a cool moment for me. I want y'all to take advantage of this, man. Do something with yourself. Don't blow this shot. There's a lot of people out here that will not get a shot like this. Let me tell you something, man. Millions of kids trying to go to college every year. Mm. I can't tell you how many black kids in that area up there in Northeast Ohio thousands. How? How? Just think about this for a moment. Out of the thousands of kids, y'all eight names got pulled out the sky. How? How? Well, 
I'm going to tell you how. Because that almighty God, he got a plan for you. Yes. Because that almighty God, he sees something bigger. That's I awesome. I love Steve Harvey, man. He, yeah, he, he seems like if... if Listen. Like, if you could hang out with one celebrity, Steve Harvey, I feel like he's on a short list. Just because I feel like he's always probably up to something cool. He'll probably lend you one of those dope suits. I was going to say. And he's just going to lend you a suit. He may give you a, st- a cigar or something. Ain't gonna... The suit and that edge up. You ain't touching it. You know no, what I'm no, saying? No, no, no. If, 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 if you're like, hey, I'm having dinner with Steve Harvey tonight, okay? It's either he's he's going to give you a loaner or you better get to that tuck shop right away and, get, and basically get something that's like a hybrid zoot suit thing, like a little extra long. Like I'm going to show up like Craig Sager in there. I am going to look fly. If he's I'm not going. frozen in the Kings of Comedy era. He has evolved his wardrobe slightly. Okay. I don't think Slightly. you understand. He's not 50 doing the five black button. Men. He's not doing the five button <laughs> jacket. You guys need a primer on the fifty plus black man. Tell Give us. it to us. Give it to us. It's I. You guys watch follow like Spice Adams. So it's the Bluetooth. What you say, Chuck? Were you just like screaming so all you're on saying, the phone? You're saying Steve Harvey is it's still something that rocking, you graduate into. You, like, he's still rocking those suit pants that are so big you could put two legs in one. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, Picture dad. Yeah. Any given, let's let's say any town USA. <laughs> the, the idea that he's probably wearing New Balance is just, that's just what it yeah, is. It is he's what wearing it is. New Balance. Yeah, yeah. So when I tell you about the 50 plus black yeah, man, yeah. it's just what it is. So the Kings of Comedy tour is I mean, that's frozen like, in time. That is forever the, out, the, the well, that's uniform. Sunday's best. Okay. That's Sunday's best. Yeah. But what I'm telling you is, if he's getting dressed up, that's what he's wearing. Okay. I just, I don't know what else to tell you. All right. And listen, he could wear those clothes from now until Jesus Christ returns because we're, inf- we're, we're, we're paying so much attention to his, um, I would say, distinct style. But y'all, he literally changed the lives of those men. Yeah. And yeah. I just want to pause and recognize that because as a scholarship recipient from Bill Gates Millennium Scholar, like I, everyone has a rich uncle, except I never did. So my yeah, rich uncle was rich uncle Bill yeah. and he paid, he paid for 70% of my college education wow. and he lived to really change my life. What? Wow. I did not know yeah. that. Yeah. How did you get like, that scholarship? Like what happened? What's the story? Um, so I, I was in college when he first initiated, uh, it started the program and they were, um, they were specifically for students of color. It wasn't class-based, it was color-based, mm-hmm. uh, but they were looking with, uh, color-based, merit-based. And so um, the president of my college, as a freshman, the president of my college had called me in and said, hey, I think that you should apply for this and I will write a letter of recommendation. And uh, so I did. And by the second semester of my freshman year, I was informed that I qualified. And the beautiful thing about that scholarship, unlike any other scholarship, because I was a scholarship kid, was that the scholarship wasn't given to the school. The scholarship was given to the student so that the student could allocate and determine where the funds went. And I am forever marked and forever changed because of the generosity of Bill Melinda Gates. That's so dope. I would even throw this. changed my life. I would even throw this because like Alma had a a similar situation where she's like, it was like the Puente Foundation where she got a scholarship for UCLA um, who were looking for like, Latinas, right? And mm-hmm. um, but for her and for you, it was the school administrator that knew well enough to come tell you. So right. like, so my situation was I didn't know none of that stuff was available. Like mm-hmm. yeah. a black man from a single parent home, I college should have been free. 
I had no idea. There was stuff I didn't mm-hmm. apply to because I was like, I don't have $50 to apply to UCLA for yeah. you to tell me I'm not in. You know what I'm saying? So like I applied to the schools I thought I could get into. I didn't know. Not- Doc, there's fee waivers. Like I mm-hmm. didn't know about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that's dope that there was somebody in both in everybody's in this story's life yeah. that was stopped and been like, no, 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 no. Listen, there's stuff for you. Yeah. Like apply to this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know. Yeah. Bill and Melinda Gates. It, 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 history will be very kind yeah, they to will. the impact that they've had in the world. I've, every few years, I, I, I get the opportunity to go to the Gates Foundation's meeting where they talk about kind of like their global goals and the work that mm-hmm. their organization has been part of and doing. And I can't think of two private citizens that have had more of an impact on mm-hmm. sus- like systemic yeah. global issues and seeing them quantifiably turn. I mean, like the eradication mm-hmm. of you know diseases generational diseases poverty things like that that they have they have identified education and, and you know helping people stand up on their own two feet they're not about handouts they're not doing charity work they are saying strategically we're trying to like pivot you know entire people groups entire nations entire continents you know and it's amazing to see the quantifiable change and Jesse we report on it quite a bit yeah. like when they release their new their new data every couple of years it's it's amazing like yeah. the world is getting better I mean, yeah, it's I mean, it, it, because of the efforts almost of those two individuals, you know, in our lifetime, malaria could be completely eradicated yeah. like a disease, right. like a waterborne, like a disease that disproportionately targets developing communities in the developing world just because of the nature of how malaria is spread. You know, it's water based, you know, because of their efforts, it could be in our lifetime where that is completely eradicated. And, you know, they, they really do have not just like a vision to help, but a strategy like you guys were both saying. Like, well, they, they, they've even like in the last one, Jesse, you know, we were talking about this. They've identified like for the continent of Africa, like the, the birth rate, you know, how to get that in better alignment. And, and it's not just, contraception and things like that it's it's getting girls educated and why aren't girls getting educated oh because clean water and different issues like they ha- they right. have to stay in the home so they're not educated and then they have a lot of babies and then it's, it continues the cycle so like what they're doing is trying to get back to root causes to get and and so then they've identified like specific countries and regions of countries like if we can get this region turned then the overflow effect will affect the entire continent and stuff it is fascinating strategic work that they've identified even like you bianca like the impact that you will have if we can help her get the education to then she look at what you're doing now i mean you have a national platform and you're changing lives and stuff and it's like those smart strategic investments in people you know it's amazing it's amazing thank you this is so fun back to steve harvey I love him and his suits. Man has swag, y'all. He has his, he it's his own he swag. Does. He has swag. He is very he cool. He is very I cool. I look forward to being that. <laughs> I hope that's At what you. Point? I how, hope that's you. How old? When do you? Is it a gradual thing? That's a thing. Or is like, it a day where you go, you know what? I'm going to box up the old wardrobe <laughs> and I'm going to just. I'm nervous, man. Down the I, men's I feel like it's going to sneak up on us. Because like, so I've I'm at the age now where I'm seeing like. When I was in elementary school, middle school, the high school guys are about to start causing like the house dancers that I was like, these are the kid and play guys that I was just like, you're the coolest dudes on the planet. I'm seeing these dudes walking around now with like size 40 jeans and like throwback jerseys. <laughs> and I'm like, you look like 2001, right? And I'm thinking, you look ridiculous. And I'm like, I wonder if for me, that's what it's gonna become. Where like, and it's gonna sneak up on me one day where I'm like, what? 
why do I look like 94 right now? But I don't think you know? I don't think anybody knows it happens to them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's going to sneak up. I'm so nervous. Because they're because you're doing the thing you, you like. You're like, the, I like this. This is what I'm doing. You don't realize tastes evolve. Yeah. When you, you're still when you, you, when like you walk in there, you walk in a store and you see an outfit of linen and it matches. <laughs> and you're just like, you, you know what that would look good with? Some leather sandals. Oh, man. Yeah. Then I'm like, you're done. You're comfortable. You're granddad. Your style it feels great. I have a theory. Yeah. I, I have a theory great. I want to propose. This is, it's like, it's kind of Gladwellian. It's the tipping point happens in that fashion when as soon as a guy or, or a woman for that case feels like the right thing to do is have a cell phone belt clip. It's all downhill You're from done. there. That's when you decide those leather shoes and that white linen work. As soon as the belt, the, the cell phone belt clip comes into play, it's all, you're tucking in polo or, shirts at that point. Or you point. keep the Bluetooth mic in say, your ear the at all times. stays on your ear. Bluetooth. You're at the yeah. movie. You're at the movie. You've still got the Bluetooth in your ear. Why? Yeah. Take it out. And it's not even like, it's not even like the Apple cool no, ones. No, no, no. It's yeah. a li- like blue a OG light Bluetooth. is shining in my eyes. Please take off your Bluetooth, sir. It's what like is a, you doing, I, I feel like the guy comes walking down the sidewalk and it's like, a, is that a police car coming down behind me? No, no, no. That guy's just got a Bluetooth in it. And it's literally a blue blinking light yeah. in his ear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're done. You're done. It's over. The technology has evolved. We can put earpods in, you can't even see. But no, they want the one that, it looks like you're part cyborg. It looks like you got yeah. some <laughs> medical thing that was implanted yeah. on the side of your head to like regulate brain chemistry there's no yeah. need for it and and again if they just wake up in the morning they put it on as soon as they put their socks on it's staying in till shower time you know and there's that's parts this- of like your posture where you're just like unnecessarily leaning forward that's what i noticed about like why is you leaning? it's just i, I wish this was a video pod but they just you just kind of stand up kind of leaning forward like what you say now Hey, how y'all doing? Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm getting a call. Steve does. What, what's Steve, going on, Chuck? Yo, say yeah. Steve Harvey kind of does lean kinda, when he he's does. doing the interview with yeah, the Yeah, he's just kind of like he unnecessarily leans leaning forward. I don't just... And he's already he's reached a phase too where he's just as charming. But do you feel like he's al- he's always a little annoyed? Like even when he's hosting Family Feud, it's like the, his oh, he, yeah. he doesn't even need to say anything. It's just someone says an answer, he turns around and walks away. Like now that guy has already stupidity. showed up in me, yeah. and my my wife calls uh-huh. it my shadow man. His okay. name is Cletus. Okay, right? Because I actually look forward to becoming like a grumpy old man. Right. So there are times that when I'm tired enough, like I've been gone too much, I've been, you know, and you just somebody say something and my face is just reading. You don't know what you're talking about right now. Like, (laughs) I don't understand why you're still talking. Right. So like that grumpy old man where you just like, look, look, look here, look here. Just live a little. You don't know what you're talking about. That guy's already came out. So when is your Bluetooth coming? When is your nah, I'm, linen I'm pants, the Bluetooth. sandals, and Bluetooth coming? Because you are you are just two clicks away, brother. I'm two, two clicks, clicks dog. Away. I'm two clicks. All right, coming in at number three on the hot list. Uh, this week, Beyonce released a new spiritual song from yes. the upcoming Lion King movie. Uh, the pop superstar voices Nala in the live action adaptation of the Disney classic and is curating the soundtrack. Similarly, how Kendrick Lamar curated the Black Panther soundtrack, along with containing new versions of some of the animated movie's classic tunes, the soundtrack contains the new original from Beyonce called Spirit. It's ba- uh, she's backed by a gospel choir. And the song contains some spiritually inspired lyrics with uh, Beyonce singing uh, lyrics like, Say and rise up to the light in the sky. Watch the light lift your heart up. Burn your flame through the night. Spirit, watch the heavens open. Spirit, can you hear I'm calling? Uh, in a statement, Beyonce explained, This is sonic cinema. 
This is a new experience of storytelling. Mm. I wanted to do more than find a collection of songs that were inspired by the film. It was important that the music was not only performed by the most interesting and talented artists, but also produced by the best African producers. Authenticity and heart were important to me. Here's a clip of Spirit. in a vacuum could you could you kind of be like is this a new worship song like you know what i mean like they're kind of <laughs> yeah. like ambiguously spiritual lyrics but it's like spirit can the heavens open and you're like oh come on let's do it raise on, hands Jesus. up I, I mean, mean i started yeah. getting you know getting the church vibe there i don't know about you guys but you know uh can i ask i mean the the clip the the first kind of clips and trailers of the upcoming lion Uh-oh. king movie have been coming out can so i, I ask y'all's thoughts Cause, cause here's the deal. Mixed reviews, man. Here's the, here's I'm, when I look at it, I'm not moved. It doesn't feel so. Last night on Twitter, so a creative that we a lot of us know and follow, yeah. Alex Medina, tweeted I was the clip. About to talk about that. And he said, and I'm reading his tweet. He said, "Ugh, this clip did not push me over the edge. Feels hollow and lacks expressiveness of the original. In isolation, the CGI looks amazing, but it seems like I'm watching National Geographic while the Guava Island soundtrack is playing." I was like, wow, burn. Well, tell wow. us what you really feel, Alex. I was, <laughs> I mean, Alex will always tell you what he really feels. But that's kind of but, like, I didn't want to be the one. I'm like, maybe I'm just not getting it. But I just like, I look at that and I'm like, I don't have any interest I, in seeing this I film. I kind of felt this. I got nervous because I was like, it, is it just nostalgia? Do I want to see this because of nostalgia? And I'm going to try to tell my brain that it's amazing, right? The CGI, like you said, the voices, very real. studs, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Everybody, like all the hype behind it, but I'm like, dang, yeah, now, it might just. But there was like, there was like a palette. The original had like a, it created, you know, scars, Africa and like the, the, the hope and the vista and whatever. And like, when you look at it now, it's just like, okay, it's just like real looking. It doesn't right. have right. the feeling at least what we've seen so far, you know, yeah. a part of the cartoon esque thing is the imagination of a cartoon yeah. world. This, like he said, it's just Nat Geo. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know it's if I can. It's too real. It's almost I too just, real. I, yeah. I'm not. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get it when it's in the theater. That's what see people's I, I feel like Transformer are. felt flat for me. And then I loved it in the theater. And then I felt even like Captain America. I was like, meh. Then I had to theater and the theater experience, the Dolby sound and the lights. I, I feel like there might be a little bit more power behind it. I still don't think it's going to be like the cartoon, but for nostalgia's sake, and then also to bring that story back to life with my own stepkids or mm. other people. I love the fact that I get to share, like, I remember when I saw this cartoon in the theater, <laughs> I get to see it with you. I got, I got a, I got a hot take here, guys. And I, you know, I don't mean to disagree with the whole panel, but I'm going to, and I'm going to say it looks awesome because it does look just like a nature show. It just looks like planet earth or whatever. But you know, the problem with those shows is they're super boring. And every time you're watching one, you're like, dude, I wish those animals were like talking or something because they're just walking around and it's super boring. Like that warthog, it looks hilarious. Like that little <laughs> meerkat. I bet if he had an inner monologue, it'd be really funny. And he sound like John Oliver and that warthog sound like Seth Rogen. Well, guess what? It's happening. I, whenever <laughs> I see two lions on the screen when I watch one of those boring shows trying uh-huh. to fall asleep, I'm like, dude, you know what make this a lot better if those what? two lions start fighting? Guess what? Lion King has all of this stuff. Like, it's what you <laughs> wish would happen in a nature show. 
But that real lion's not going to backflip off a vine like it does in the cartoon, which was like one of my favorite moments. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The the fantasy of it's like gone. And that's so much of the heart of that original. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know who the target demographic is. I just, I actually literally don't know who the target demographic is for this remake, but my nine-year-old has no interest in it. Like no. zero. So. Oh, that makes me so sad. Yep. Oh, Anyway, come on, Cohen. Conan, get the program. <laughs> number two this week on the hot list. Uh, yet another streaming service has been announced <laughs> this week. Warner Media announced its own standalone streaming subscription service called HBO Max, which will feature content from HBO, TBS, CNN, Cartoon Network, DC superhero movies, Jeez. True TV, TNT, and other Warner networks, as well as original programming. It will also host a lot of classic content. Get this like The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Friends. They're pulling Friends. The number two most streamed show on Netflix is Friends. Number one's The Office. And Netflix is losing both of them. Friends is going to HBO Max. Uh, No price point's been announced for the service, but it's launching in the spring next year. So next year, we have Disney's Disney Plus. We've got NBC's coming out next year. And now we have HBO Max. And we have Netflix. And we have Hulu. And we... Amazon, and you're going to be and, spending yeah. 75 bucks bad. a month. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Somebody going to lose in this. This is just Netflix. Yeah. yeah. They're going to yeah. lose. But here's, here's we saw yesterday. I think so. The future to me is my Hulu service is because I have Spotify premium. I didn't know this. So like he educated me on this last night. I have Spotify premium. Don't have Hulu because I don't want to pay for it. But yeah, he said it's free. It's in there. It's included with well, your Spotify I premium for both. I had no, so. I had no See, clue. Wake up. You know what else? You know what else? My Amazon Prime Video. That's how I got HBO. HBO is included in Amazon Prime Video. I had no idea. That's the future. That's the future. He's sitting there saying, tell me he's watching Game of Thrones. And I was like, oh, you subscribe to HBO? He said, no, I just have it with Amazon. No, it's on my Amazon. I had no clue. Speaking of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, real quick, my other secret to to making people cry before before I, uh, you know, before people go on unedited is I pull up the clip of Will going to Uncle Phil and talking about why his dad didn't love him and why he didn't choose him. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's impossible to watch that clip even now in hindsight and not cry. It's it's, you. Yeah, I still can't laugh. When you walk into our studio, I have uh, a large poster size framed uh, a, a shot of that final moment of Fresh Prince where he's standing in the empty living room. And that's it. Yeah. We walk in and uh, that's where people, we record. People are just crying. Just got to get people yeah. on the emotionally right tonal yeah. level. And that that does it. I mean, it is. The, em- the emptiness and the loss of home. And also okay. safety and stability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I almost didn't do the podcast walking in here with that. I was like, this yeah. is too much. <laughs> too much. Too much. Yeah. Too much. All right, coming in number one this week on the hot list. Faith is playing a big role in the latest season of The Bachelorette. I have not been watching it, but this is what they have written down for me. So I, I will tell you what they what what quite a what's disclaimer. Going on. So yeah. this week, contestant Luke Parker took Bachelorette Hannah Brown to his hometown, where they visited his church. Luke's a member of a small group. He leads a college ministry and teaches Sunday school. What a guy! On the show, he also shared his own testimony, where he explained that when he was younger, he was quote chasing sex and entangled and caught up in sin of all kinds. And one day, he said he heard the voice of God tell him, Luke. Let go and follow me. He explained, uh, I could see a glimpse and see into heaven. I remember thinking to myself, this is where I need my focus. This is where I need to be thinking of and nothing else. The Holy Spirit coming and convicting me. That's why I am the man I am today. Faith's been a major theme of the show this year. Earlier, Luke told Hannah that he would leave the show if she slept with contestants. She explained to Entertainment Tonight that her telling Luke, I have had sex and Jesus still loves me earlier this year. 
uh, was uh, the season's most intense conversation. Here's a clip of The Bachelorette. What is the most dramatic moment of the season? I've had sex and Jesus still loves me is probably one of the most dramatic. Okay. Moments. Yeah. So let's talk about sex. Okay. And how the marriage bed should be kept pure. My faith, that is a big, huge part of me. And a lot of times people get Christianity and religion messed up because your faith should be something personal in a relationship and it's not to judge others. And let's say you have had sex with one or multiple of these guys, I'd be wanting to go home. Oh my God, I cannot believe you just said that. I'm so mad. I don't owe you anything. It seems like you felt judged or shamed. Yes, and it's like, regardless of anything that I've done, uh, it that people might think, oh, well, that deserves a scarlet letter. That's not how it works. Like, I can do whatever I send daily and Jesus still loves me. Like it's all washed and do not. And if the Lord doesn't judge me and it's all forgiven, then no other man, woman, animal, anything, <laughs> I don't know, anything can Nobody's judge me. Nobody's judging Hannah B. Nobody's going to judge me. I won't stand for it. I'm going to speak my mind. This is the re- This is the problem with letting the youth testify at youth group. Because they get up there <laughs> yeah. and they start saying all this heresy and like the pastor's not knowing what to do. That, yeah. That's that's, that's why what's going on whenever right someone goes up at church to give a testimony, and we've talked about this before. And Bianca, <laughs> you've you've probably you, you know, you've been in ministry. You know that you never actually hand over the microphone. You, you hold the microphone the to their face you so you can yank that. it away, right? Always Tell me about hold the, the move. Mm-mm. No, no, no. And um, I, 1000%, we've had people like try to take the microphone even during, so we do baptisms at church and we've even instructed everyone, do not let the microphone go because you have no clue what people are going to say. Yeah. Hannah B went rogue, a pastor needed to come in and intervene. Um, it was a mess. It was a, it was a mess on both sides. It was a mess on the editing of how they made him look. Yeah. It was a mess of editing on what she said on ET. Yeah. I was cringing on both sides. Yeah. I was what, dying. Are, are you a big fan of the show? I'm a fan of pop culture and the crossroads of Christianity. So I yes. consider it market research. Yeah. So for educational purposes, I will watch. <laughs> y'all the got show. all these disclaimers about the thing, man. Both of y'all. <laughs> oh, but I, I mean, I have no disclaimers for Vanderpump Rules. Okay. okay and go. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and OC. <laughs> no disclaimers. I'm just trashy and love it. There you trashy go. Trashy and love it. Below I, deck this season. Next level. I, I have I have my this is my and I don't I don't I think watch the deck is below my standards. I have to remember we were close, but no. <laughs> I have a theory and I don't watch the bachelor bachelor. I mean, like I'm aware, obviously like I can, you know, I've, I see like clips like this going around and, and, and like you were saying, Bianca, there's sort of like, this is our field, right? The intersections of faith and culture. We kind of got to talk about it. But my, th- I have a theory with both of those franchises because I know in the last season of The Bachelor, like purity and ideas about uh, purity played a big role because of some of the people on the show because of their faith. I my my personal theory here is because all other reality shows, particularly ones involving like dating and romance, have gotten so extreme, you know, like, you know, Love Island is coming and even shows like the Vanderpump Rules and all, you know, like they're just so like morally all over the place. And the appeal is really kind of based on like the salaciousness of a lot of the plot lines that a lot of the characters are going through. My theory is like the Bachelor and Bachelorette are, are franchises are trying to do some 
some sort of pivot to at least engage Christian audiences and Christian viewers by getting people that are outspoken about their faith. Not that they're perfect role models, but at least they're like engaging conversations that matter to faith audiences. To which I agree. However, how it's being cast and how it's being cut and how it's being edited makes the makes the Christian perspective, or I don't even say a Christian perspective, makes the biblical view of sex so archaic, so yeah. dorky, so vanilla, so basic, and so boring. Actually, like this week, we or this this summer, we're in a series at church called Life's Toughest Questions, and I took on the topic of sex just this past Sunday. And I want to like we need to take back the message of the power of sex and how good it is, especially within the context of marriage, because everything we're saying out there is that sex before marriage is amazing and it's passionate and it's hot and it's you know fantasy sweet and it's Love Island. And then when you get married, it's like, is there one positive marital relationship that provides a good context for a healthy sex life that looks fun? Yeah, my marriage. Uh, y'all, y'all, I've watched so much TV. I, I, I've seen so many movies. I read so many books. And I cannot think of one marriage, except for that one couple on the Titanic that died together in each other's arms. They were probably 106 years old. But that love scene where they're holding each other's arms in the bottom deck of Titanic. Other than that. Other than that. I, in- and they. And prop in Alma, that's a great example of a hey, hey. Come on, Jesus. I would say this, though. Like, when you, just us, unfortunately, are sitting just in the shadow of just, like, the shame and purity culture that, like, totally, like, framed yeah, your sexual experience and, and um, whatever choices you may have made uh, as, like, as, as weapons of shame. So I think in that, in that sense... That also, even within the church, robbed us of a healthy view of sex also, Absolutely. you know what I'm saying, by just having this like shame culture around that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Absolutely. So I think both need to be like. Yeah, they both need both. to address, like there yeah. needs to be like a proper view. But at least, hey, like I said, I'm not saying they're they're offering like the per- most perfect examples, but at least they're engaging the conversation in a way, you know, yeah. like I feel like yeah. that's a, a, probably a net positive for these type of discussions, you know. But you also like the new Lion King. So we'll take well, that with a grain of salt. Jess. I mean, yeah, because like, I mean, it looks, Jesse, awesome. it looks visually stunning, people. It looks Jesse, like a master, a visual masterpiece. I mean, Jesse, I mean, the problem, the problematic thing is like Han- Hannah got the last word in this dialogue as you're talking about, like they're bringing it up. And her last word was, I'm going to go do what I want. And God forgives me anyway. I mean, and that's what that's like now the message mm-hmm. of what a you know, the right Christian perspective should be. And it's like, I'm, huh? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and well, it's like, to me, that's unhealthy. That's bad. Like yeah. it, just because the topic comes up, it's like, I don't want the world going, oh, I can be a Christian because you can do whatever you want. Every I sin every day and God just forgives me. That's fine. Whatever. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, no, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I still think obviously anything that you watch needs to be done. So with discernment, but I think the idea that people are at least willing to, Talk about the Holy Spirit, talk about Jesus, talk about church, talk about how those values inform their opinions, even if they're misguided or wrong. I, I think, you know, I, you know, not to take any of these people as like biblical scholars or anything, but yeah, any time that, that but, there but sadly, is. But sadly, how many millions and tens of millions of Americans, this is their exposure to, mm-hmm. oh, oh, a good, a normal Christian, not yeah, one of those yeah. bigoted evangelicals. Uh, <laughs> I, I like, I like the Hannah type of Christian. Okay, cool. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And but it changes the that, national perception of. But that puts the onus on us, not on necessarily the show, like on us to be. 
regular people with a healthy worldview mm-hmm. in the world. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I've often thought this too, like, you know, it, for us, it was like, oh, you're listening to gangster music. You're listening to gangster rap. You're going to become a gangster. And I'm like, how unintelligent do you think I am? That I can't listen to this song and know that that's not the life choice I'm going to make. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, so there was so many other things that I was influenced by that I could pop in an NWA tape and know those are not good life choices. Just for because me. I saw the wiener dog skin the rabbit alive doesn't, doesn't mean, mean a, I want to skin the rabbit there? alive. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm not going to walk in circles. Just because I saw Jesse pull the shell off a turtle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they were not connected. Prop. <laughs> I know Jesse crazy. I'm not going to go home and do that. I'm saying that's on him. He crazy. <laughs> All right. That'll do it for us. It's the hotlist, the hotlist. It's sizzling. I always want to say jingle is the proper view of marital sex. I always want to say at the end of that, like at the end of that jingle, every time I want to go, we're back, baby. (laughs) Every night in high school, I would listen to one of two jams after nine nine o'clock. Specifically against that one. After nine p.m., one or two jams, Orlando, Florida. Bruce B-Box would come on, keeping it soft and warm in the quiet storm. And I'm telling you, that jingle would have fit right in. Perfect. I'm your host, Cam Strang. We got the we got the the fly Latina. We got the Puerto Rican. We got the love line open for your dedications. She gonna teach about good, healthy views of sex. Just going slide to the church. This one goes out. This one goes out to. She just says she was preaching on it. Real healthy sex. This this one goes out to an ex-boyfriend that was literally the devil. (laughs) (laughs) It is highway to hell. Let's play. Yes. All right. Stay tuned. Up next, David Crowder joins us. Makers and Mystics is a podcast for creative-minded, chasers of beauty, wonder, and truth. Each week, Makers and Mystics host conversations with various artists, theologians, and leading voices from a diverse background on topics related to the creative process and how our spiritual life intersects with creativity. You'll hear from artists such as Josh Gerrels, Sleeping at Last, Audrey Assad, and John Mark McMillan. Listen to Makers and Mystics on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and at makersandmystics.com. You're listening to Tom York. The song is Traffic. Well, today's show is brought to you by Quip. Uh, It's summer. People are traveling and packing your toiletries somehow always involves a delicate game of stacking and space hacking don't get us started on lotion exploding all over our shave kits, Chandler. <laughs> <laughs> I may that's have modified why, the script a little. <laughs> that's why Quip electric toothbrushes work just as well at home as they do on the go. The compact and wireless design tucks easily into the corner of your carry-on or your back pocket if you're just spending the night. Plus, the travel-ready cover protects your brush from sandy swimsuits and luggage slip-ups. The three-month battery life will last through a season filled with weekends away. They're making it easier than ever to keep up uh, with your wake-up and wind-down routine when you're out on the road. Quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. They're backed by over 25,000 dental professionals, and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews. Uh, Quip is cool. It's an incredible design. It looks like a a Tesla, and it has a built-in two-minute timer, which pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you clean your whole mouth evenly. 
Uh, 90% of us, I'm looking at you again, Chandler, don't brush for a full two minutes <laughs> or clean evenly. We need to talk. Uh, brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just five bucks because 75% of us use old worn out bristles that are ineffective. That's why I love Quip. That's why I take it every time I travel. I got, I literally, I actually have two. I have one that's in my travel shave kit bag always. And then I have one at the house. There you go. Uh, Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash relevant right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash relevant. Go do it now. Well, David Crowder is a singer, songwriter, and worship artist known for mashing up genres as well as his deeply spiritual lyrics. On the heels of last year's acclaimed album, I Know a Ghost, Crowder has released two new songs, both collaborations, uh, Let It Rain, Is There Anyone, featuring Mandisa, and Testify, which features Social Club Misfits. We recently spoke with Crowder about the power of collaboration and the evolution of the worship genre. Here is part of Jesse's conversation with David Crowder. Let's start with Let It Rain, man. How did that, how did you end up coming to work with Mandisa? Um, well, it was one of those, uh, I don't know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not very, uh, I'm not a good planner. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of what I do is it's like I wind up working with people um, just because it's in the air, you know, it's like, yeah. so that song started happening. Uh, for, for actually, first of all, I got that, I got a track from uh, a guy I still have not met because uh, the way I went about this record making this record I tried to um, do it do it like the hip hop folk do like you just get a track I would get a I would get like a Dropbox folder from somebody and and there'd be like 12 tracks in it and you just kind of start scrolling through and they have like an idea of like a verse and a chorus type vibe you know so there's yeah. like a vibe to the song already and man this this one on the Let It Rain one that, uh, that little pl- piano intro thing that thing hit, and immediately I'm thinking Bismarck Key. You know, I'm thinking that you say you just a friend, and I'm already smiling. It's got that like kind of sounds like a you know old BC Boys beat underneath it. I'm like, this song is going to be amazing. So that track jumped out at me, and so I started messing around with like what you know what would sit on top of that well as far as the song goes. And then um, I, had, I had a plane flight to go to Nashville to uh, work with Ed Cash and do some writing with Ed and like the whole song just came on the flight I'm like mm. oh here it is and so by the time I landed I'm like Ed dude check this out though I know we were going to work on this other stuff but check this this is going to be amazing and so we I mean we pretty much fleshed the whole thing out and I'm like this has to have like somebody legit singer on here because I sound silly <laughs> 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 and he's like man so Mandisa was here like yesterday and I was like yes dude call her now <laughs> that's how that happens it's like she happened to be having been working with him like uh, a few days prior and then uh, uh, so anyway it's just a lot of it's just organic the way it, um, for me how it happens is because I'm mostly not a good planner <laughs> uh, and, the, and the social club thing it was kind of a similar thing I, I had just been talking to um my A&R guy Brad O'Donnell who I've been working with forever 
and he had shown me some of their new stuff that was coming. I'm like, dang, man, that is some cool stuff. I need to get them on something. And immediately I was like, I know, I sent us to them. See, I didn't know them at all. Sent us to them, and I was about to see them like the next day uh, at this thing. And and they, man, I, I already had like the track in hand by the time I was like shaking hands with them for the first time. It was like, dang, man, they kill it. So some folks that are really good at what they do. And those are a couple of them. I want to talk a little bit about the writing the letter rain because one of the most interesting things is like when you hear the song like you said it comes in with that kind of like that it sounds like that Hammond B3 kind of or you know that cool intro and then yeah and it's got this like upbeat kind of sound but when you listen to the lyrics it's like oh this is about going through trials and kind of welcoming trials tell me about the lyrics but also the approach of like that juxtaposition of kind of this cool upbeat thing but it, like the song is actually pretty heavy it's, it is. It's a, it sounds like, like it, you described it pretty perfectly. It sounds like a very sunshiny, and especially since we're rolling out in the summertime, it feels like, yeah, it's just one of those roll your window down in the car driving with the air. It, it was, but but you, didn't, you didn't know it was raining outside, so you've got the window down and the rain's hitting you in the face. <laughs> what it, if you're paying attention, it's like it's a little sneaky that way. And that's another reason why Mandisa's on there is because I think she's been so open and a great, great model within... Uh, within a um, church or liturgical music in a, in a way that she's been open and vulnerable about her struggles and her trials. And I thought, man, if this thing's going to be one of those that they roll out for radio, I can't think of a better person to be alongside of me talking about heavy stuff. Because um, I think we forget, there was a moment when um, I was with uh, my pastor, Louis Giglio. We were out on the road somewhere and it wasn't a, it wasn't like a sermon he was given. It was just like something he said in, in a casual conversation with me. But we're talking about um, some pals of ours. And I just think people forget that, you know, God's the one that led his children into the wilderness. <laughs> you know, they're like, get out of they get out of bondage and slavery. And then they go straight into the wilderness. And, and there's promised land on the other side. But. You got to go through. You got to go through the wilderness to get there, and I, that just just stuck with me um, for a long time. And um, and I, that's what that song's trying to encapsulate: is man, don't don't panic, man. Maybe right where you are right now, this is where growth's coming. This is where you know the, on the mountaintop is not where everything starts to, to to bloom and flourish. It's when you're when you're in the in the valley and when the rain's hitting you in the face that you, you your ring, your roots start sinking in and, and you've got something to stand on later and so that, that that's what I'm trying to say with that song that's another reason I thought Mandisa was a perfect a perfect thing that I feel like God's diamond just sort of rolled out in front of us I was falling apart when heaven rescued me recovered my heart I want the world to see I can testify Justify. 
It's interesting earlier, I think you you described it as like liturgical music because I was listening to it the other day and a friend came in and who's like, oh, this is great. Who's this? And I was like, oh, it's Crowder. And, you know, I know obviously you have, you, you know, you have songs that are like worshipful and you have songs that are kind of just rock and roll and, you know, songs like this that are expressing these kind of deep spiritual things. Do you think people, because of, you know, really artists like yourself that are, you know, writing songs that are different sonically but also different thematically like wrestling with stuff stuff with tough things do you think people's idea of what quote-unquote like worship and worshipful music is evolving and it is becoming kind of more this liturgical exercise instead of just raise your hands and praise which is great but you know this is really like challenging on a spiritual level um i i, I guess the circles i'm in it it sure seems that the the, the lane's wider and in terms of what I think when I started, you know, doing this in a church, uh, gosh, 20 years ago, it's like it felt like you were you didn't have a lot of leeway. You know, your lexicon was really small and it feels like things are a lot wider. And uh, I mean, I remember growing up in a more traditional church. You had, you know, you had an orchestra at times, you know, a big choir happening, complicated arrangements and songs and and for I'd say a good, you know, three quarters of the service, you're not singing. You only sing together a little bit. And a lot of it was just very challenging material that you would be um, formed by. And that feels like, you know, the special music. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, where does the special music go? Because hey, we want to be all, we all want to be involved. But uh, it feels like there's a lot, a lot broader uh, attempts at, at movement in, in terms of how to move the human to, to understand um, the divine more fully. And, and uh, music is sure an easy way to go about that. And it feels like um, a lot of the uh, more progressive contemporary churches are exploring a, a lot of other ways to, to, to move their congregation outside of just um, quote unquote praise courses or whatever uh, you want to call those those songs that really uh, usher. I mean, and that's what kind of is leading into this uh, whole thing is when we started thinking, hey, man, we could probably be, be a little more uh, current <laughs> with, with our art. And so that was great. But I think at the same time, it's, there's a there's a desire for us to, to understand the broadness of the divine and, and to use all all of our tools available to, to help us understand that is sure beneficial to a community of believers. That was David Crowder. Stay tuned up next. It's Ask the Cast. This time wonderful on my own. Next time gunning for no life form. Press time wonderful on iPhone. Jose can take your dime. Ah. I don't see why light listening to Velvet Negroni. The song is Wine Green. If your wine is green, don't probably drink it. Okay, it is time for Ask the Cast. 
Ooh, that was the debut of Chandler's first attempt at an Ask the Cast jingle. There it I is. I like it. <laughs> okay. we uh, You guys hit us up on Twitter this week. We're going to double dip. Uh, you know, on the Tuesday episode, uh, we did the Ask the Cast thing. You guys tweeted us qu- uh, questions at Relevant Podcast. And we thought with Bianca and Prop on today, we would keep keep it going. You yes. guys sent us a ton of great questions this week, so we figured we'd keep them going. Okay, so uh, we got we got a relationship expert on the show with us today. I mean, she's preaching do. about sex on I mean, Sunday, come you know? On now. So and here's I'm in a an question. Relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle. Michelle <laughs> asks, how do you guys feel about getting married young? Good thing? Bad thing? What's the youngest age someone should be before considering marriage? That's a real mm, question. That is. That's real you talk. You asking B or you asking both of us? I mean, it's the whole whoever. Yeah. I, I, Bianca, why don't you start us off? Okay. So um, I will say I've got lots of opinions um, about this and let's take it with a grain of salt and ask the cast. But I will say uh, there are pros and cons to getting married young and there's pros and cons to getting married a little bit older, a little bit more seasoned in life. Here's what I recently uh, read uh, through an article of Dr. Esther Perel. She is a relationship expert and therapist. And what she had said is for those that get married young or even those that get married older, it's recognizing that your spouse will evolve yes. almost in like three different people yes. in the course of a traditionally linked marriage. And when I read that, I was shocked because I realized like, if we don't continually choose the next evolution of that person, then that's where marital conflicts come in. There is a change about every seven to 10 years and we become different people through trauma, through life change, through illness, through death of parents, through a job transition. We completely change our hearts, um, our minds, what we're, what's driving us. And so if you get married young, it's with the understanding walking in that the person you marry on that day when you were 22 years old, fresh out of college and living in an apartment uh, with high hopes and big dreams, mm-hmm. that the person that you're married to in 10 years will be very different. I think a benefit in getting married slightly older is that you have a, probably statistically speaking, a greater awareness of who you are, the things that you like, your aspirations and your goals, and you're looking for someone to compliment. It's, um, there's still that attraction and there's still that sexual passion that's needed, but the values are different. I'm looking for someone that's going to take me further in my career. I'm looking for someone that likes to travel like this. I'm looking for someone that wants to build like this. When you're twenties, it's a little bit more idealistic. I think as long as both people are aware of life transitions in the future and aware of what they're looking for, I think it could be successful. It doesn't really matter the age. I am glad that I didn't get married until a little bit later, just because I think I might've resented being my age now and being married so young without my life experiences, traveling the globe, going to grad school, being fully independent, financially, you know, making yeah. financial autonomous decisions, which I will say now that I'm married, I'm so glad that my husband runs our finances because mm. we actually have a 401k and a savings account and that sort yeah. of stuff, which when I was living on my own, I didnn't have because I didn't care about. That was a really Pros good answer. I was going to say, so around 20, probably about young enough. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> that was really good because I was jotting notes. And I was like, oh, this is all I can come up with. Maybe about 20. Andrew asks, if you could have one of these three things, which would you pick? Here we go. Number one, free food for life. Two, free travel for life. Three, your pet lives as long as you. Oh, I'm traveling. Travel for life. Yeah. Do you, you know how much money, Bianca, do you, I know you with me with this. You know how much more money you're going to take home per gig if you don't have to cover travel? <laughs> That's true. So you're thinking about it. You're thinking about it as a 
vocational. Oh, are you kidding me, dude? Like, because normal people would have to work fifty hours or fifty weeks a year, and they might get one or two weeks to travel. So traveling for free may not be as attractive to them. But to you, you could be on the road every day making money. Oh my money. gosh, I would be like, yeah, this is how much it costs per show All plus right. travel. I just get to pocket the travel because I got it for free. <laughs> this one, sadly, this is easy for me. I yeah. would obviously choose to have the pets that would live a long time. That's I right. just need one more day just to tell little Michelangelo, I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> I am so, <laughs> so sorry. But the, the sad thing is, is like in my bunny situation, the skin has been removed. Yeah. Is he he's still gotta, living for the rest rough. of my he's life rough, as a rough, skinless, kind of disgusting. scarred yeah. rabbit? years ahead of him. Yeah, that'd Bianca, be horrible. Bianca, are you taking the food traveler or the pets for, for live forever? I have a feeling you're going to go pets live forever. I, I'm holding my dachshund in my hands right now and I'm cuddling with him because if he could live as long as I do, I, I would be I would be incredibly happy. That you would be an amazing selfish. gift. Cameron, it makes me feel so guilty that I'm holding yeah. my weenie dog, my dachshund, That's thinking funny. of your sweet little rabbit. You keep wondering why it keeps coming up. It's because I'm looking at a killer on this on my computer screen right now. <laughs> and that killer's got a, a dog in killer. her arms. Uh. <laughs> well played. Well All played. right, Bobby says, I have, I have a stand-up comedy show in a few weeks, Bobby does. What's a great way to engage the audience? Well, engage. number one. The audience. Sounds like you're starting at a deficit here. If you're, if you're <laughs> you wondering, gotta, you asking yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, hey, I got I an idea. Tell some jokes. That seems yeah. to work. How about that? <laughs> Get yourself a tight five, bro. I mean, tell a funny story. I don't know. I don't know what you're looking here, man. I feel like it's pretty self-evident. If you're at a stand-up comedy show, there's really one thing you can do to engage the audience, and that is to say funny things. I really I am know, concerned man. about this gig for you, Bobby. If hey, you got, are coming hey, in at for the Lakers. What can I do to engage the audience at a stand-up comedy show? Yeah, it's just you and a mic up there. Yeah. Just start yeah. opening your mouth and hopefully funny things come out. That's literally <laughs> That's it. I mean, like literally, I- they don't want anything else. They want nothing else. That is all, Bobby. Okay. <laughs> all right. Maybe we have different definitions of stand-up yeah. comedy yeah. gigs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, last, Sarah asks, what's the weirdest piece of advice you're glad you took? You're glad you took. Weirdest piece of advice. Ooh, you're glad you took. Organize your life through Google, Google Calendar. Honestly, that has been such a game changer in my life. I get to send time notifications. I color code my calendar. I share my calendar with my husband. And it yeah. has been a game changer for our family. Interesting. Yeah, we use that. But I don't think that was the weirdest one. That's me. a very, very practical piece of That's advice. That's actually a great took. piece yeah, of yeah, advice. It's kind of... It's weird because I am a chaotic Latina who can't organize herself in a box. So to me, I was like, what do you mean? organize my time it's not very foreign yeah well i got advice this one time they said the thing about having a pet turtle is they go slowly (laughs) because they're carrying on this heavy heavy shell and what's better for the turtle what's better for the turtle is to give them a little fresh air like pull them out yeah yeah it might seem like they're resisting but they pop right out (laughs) (laughs) They start they with the get legs. stunned for a second when they if get Looney, out. If Looney Tunes taught us anything, he wears it like a coat and he can just like take it off when he goes to bed at night. Yeah. Y'all, let's just clarify again that this was a joke because I don't want PETA to like yeah, come off the line. It's a sick, hilarious, hilarious joke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, but we can tell that guy to just steal Jesse's jokes for yeah. his show. He can there tell him about my turtle permission, that he had yeah. with a shell named Michelangelo. I say yeah. them, they fall into a void and they're yours forever. I don't care, Bobby. I will never find out. You have my permission. That's my advice to you. Uh, Chad's way. looking for some uh, help. Uh, he's looking to propose and he's wondering mm. like if we have any suggestions on when and how he 
to do that. I mean, it's tough to Here, not know the couple. Yeah, but. I was going to say, here's, here's my advice. Don't ask nobody else. Yeah. You need to know that lady. Right. Right. So it's, it, you need, it needs to be custom fit, clearly tailor made for her. Do not do it during a timeout at a, at a sporting event. Yeah. Do yeah. not do that. I just, I have seen way too many of those and the woman is always upset. Yeah. Do not do it. Because you did that for you. Yeah. So there's you ain't nothing, do that for her. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to- that anyone loves more, particularly, uh, you know, uh, uh, what I presume is, you know, a very happy couple. What Nothing they want more than a days long scavenger hunt um, that ends in dangerous, dangerous places and involves her, you know doing quite a bit of traveling and hopefully making that alive to the marriage. Uh, if that doesn't work, if that's too much for you, I know this guy, Bobby's having a stand-up comedy show. Soon. <laughs> and, uh, okay. he joke, I understand, so. He's very low on material. And so if maybe you could ask him to propose from stage, that would probably engage the crowd. So I think we can kill two birds with one stone here, guys. <laughs> that's good. Okay. That was a bonus. Time to ask, it's ask the cast. That was fun. Hey, Prop, what are you, uh, are you out on tour right now? What Dude, are you doing? I am in a month. This is the first time I'm going to be finally touring with my wife. We're doing oh, the Red cool. Couch podcast, which yes. thanks to Relevant for yes. launching us first. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we've got three dates on the docket now, August uh, 9th and 10th, which is in he- August 9th in Houston, and then in Dallas uh, on the 10th, and then Chicago, um, October so what, what, what does it entail? It's a live podcast recording. Yeah, so and it's called the Hard to Love Tour. So it's uh, we're gonna we're gonna cover some because ta- you, you're hard to love because I am right, but so are you because you're so uh, crabby because I'm so crabby, right? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, this is it's it's our pod. So we're gonna do a hood politics section. You know, we're you know super funny, cover all the hot takes of politics, and then we're gonna just talk about just a lot of like interpersonal relationships and and with hard to love each other, hard to love yourself, hard to love the future, your past, like all those things. We're gonna interview a few people. Matter of fact, I think the times now we can tell you who we're gonna interview for um for Dallas. We're gonna interview Triply. Nice. Oh, he's cool. gonna be on that show. Nice. Um, and uh, and then words played. Yeah, I know you guys did word played. Mm-hmm, so yeah. he's coming. He's gonna he's gonna warm the crowd for us. But he's gonna do stand up. Like he's not gonna rap. He's oh, gonna that's do cool. some stand up. Give him some tips on how to invite engage Bobby. the audience. Yeah, I'll invite yeah. Bobby to come yeah. check him out. Like if <laughs> yeah. you guys know words played, he's hilarious. Well, it's so. weird, prop. I, I must have got lost in my spam folder. I didn't see the invite that sent <laughs> me to be a guest and perform. So yeah, we, we can just we we'll, we'll just figure that out after. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming maybe I guess probably set with my Google Calendar like a glitch or something. You guys can help me figure it out. But I'll make sure to get it on there don't worry uh, aside from doing the podcast do you perform i am gonna perform i'm gonna perform some uh some unreleased music which is like super rad like i have a lot of music coming i know i've been quiet for a while but like i have a ton of music coming i'm gonna perform some of that we're gonna do like a q a for the vips and uh and the doctor's coming like every show i do somebody goes i like you but i love your wife and i'm like i know me too (laughs) yeah she's smart i know right but like she's actually coming so this is going to be super dope and it's going great so yeah august 9th 10th october 10th you can go to my website prophiphop.com and and bianca your uh your your book how to how to have your life not suck becoming today who you want to be tomorrow it's available for pre-order now right yes sir and there's a bunch of incentives um there's a seven series uh, study through the Book of Ruth and some interactive quizzes, some downloadable goods, and a coupon for 10% off any merch in my store, hey. BiancaOltoff.com. Come on now. You've got like an enterprise going over there. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Trying to fund the church, boo. Trying to fund the church. <laughs> hey, many thanks to David Crowder for joining us as well. Make sure to check out his new single, Let It Rain, 
Is There Anybody, which is out now. Look at that. Mm. Uh, uh, thank you to Quip for making the episode possible. Remember, Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash relevant right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com. You won't regret it. Well, on that note, we will wrap things up. This is a lot of fun. The most diverse episode. We got Hillbilly. We got West Coast, East Coast, mm. Black, Spanish, White, mm. and really white, Jesse. So, <laughs> and, yeah, and one eye patch. So, yes. <laughs> check all the boxes <laughs> on the new census form. All right. Uh, I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Propaganda. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Bianca Oltoff. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. That sea turtle with a straw stuck up its nose. The end of Armageddon when Bruce Willis dies on the asteroid. Are you hearing this okay? I just chested levels here. Relevant Podcast Network.